0: welcome back to another amazing episode of the art in the paint podcast the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA and your Jabari Parker doesn't matter anymore I am joined by none other than Michael today on the show topics for today we're gonna talk about the smaller deals that have been going on in the past couple days in free agency and we are going to answer a lot of the mailbag today. got some great questions submitted by our fans through our our email and adding us on Twitter and SoundCloud. So we are going to address some of those in no particular order. But first, we'd like to thank Sam Adams for sponsoring this episode of Hard in the Paint podcast. Sam Adams is your premier American beer company. They've been brewing beers since 1776. With a very independent and freedom-loving style. Recently, they've come out with their raspberry lemon beer. Uh, it's refreshingly tart with a light fruitiness. It's great for those summer afternoons in 110 degree weather. Uh, it's also very fruity, so maybe you're a guy that likes, you know, smearing off ice and you don't like beer. It's right up your alley. So. Thank you again to Sam Adams for sponsoring this episode of Harden the Paint podcast. All right. So my favorite deal that has been going on, I think just two days ago, was the Laker, former Cav, former Celtic superstar, Isaiah Thomas, number four, is hopping on a train to Denver for the minimum. What do you think about this deal, Michael?
1: Denver's a nice spot. It's a good way to rebound his image. It's a good way to help a young team climb back into the playoff race. Kinda similar to boogie in the bay, right?
0: I think it's I think it's a little bit better because Denver's obviously not in even close to that ring conversation, however, you know, it's it's great because their two sort of point guard leaders are Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, and of course those guys are maybe have four years in the NBA, so getting a guy that's been around for a while. Uh, also, he's getting reunited with Mike Malone on the bench, um, so there's a lot of sort of veteran presence there as well as bench spark plug presence there. I think, oh wow, yeah. oh, it's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Isaiah Thomas' his personal goal should be six man of the year. Uh, he's got a really good chance if he can get that six man, uh, you know, award. It's a good way of uh, going back out into free agency and getting a longer term contract.
0: Absolutely, because he is kind of on his last hip, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Do you think he has anything left to give? I mean i think he's about 30 right so
0: yeah he's getting up there in age and he's obviously the smallest guy so it won't be too easy for him to transition he's not really an elite three-point shooter either so it makes it a little bit harder for him to get some longevity but if he can be sort of the coach on the floor you know back up give the keys to for six minutes and you aren't totally screwed kind of guy that is kind of what denver needed at that spot because Didn't have a whole lot going for them. Maybe they had Will Barton to lead the keys for the bench unit. So I think this is a deal that works out for pretty much everybody.
1: Yeah, I think if he looks a little bit like how Rondo did uh, the last couple of years, where he's this point guard off the bench who, you know, can be a starter in the playoffs and give you that toughness, that edge. So, uh, Melo. Still an OKC.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, the the rumor is that he's on his way out, and they're gonna just buy out his deal. Um, a lot of rumors that Chris Paul is trying to pitch him over to the Rockets land, but Clint Capella's still a big question mark on there. Um, some idea that Melo wants to go to the Lakers.
1: Also Miami.
0: Yeah, also Miami's in the mix. Out of those three, I'd like to see the Lakers just because it'd be cool to have LeBron and Mello on the same team for once, but uh, it's it's just hard to find a space for him in today's NBA.
1: I think the best option is Houston. Uh, I mean, apart from the Mike D'Antoni situation of it, three-point shooting, uh, I mean, that's really all they need of him.
0: That's yeah, true, but, I, you know, we, I think we talked about this last time. I don't think him and Mike D'Antoni have a, a good relationship. Maybe that's because he was trying to be the man, and if he ever decides to check his ego out the door, maybe it'll work out for him. But, you know, Joe Johnson was on that Rockets team, and uh, he didn't get a whole lot of playing time in his time there either. I'm not sure how well it's going to work out for Melo.
1: What about Lynn Sanity?
0: Right, so uh, Lynn Sanity from Brooklyn is now on the Dwight Howard track of making his <laughs> way up the eastern half of the NBA.
1: Yeah, they've been following each other, right? Atlanta, <laughs> Charlotte, <Yeah>. <laughs> Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's serendipity at its best. Um, yeah, you know, he's coming off a pretty substantial injury again, which was kind of sad. I feel like Brooklyn would have been the place for him to sort of take that jump in his career from sort of that one flash in the pan to more of a stable productive guy but who knows maybe a new atmosphere if anything it makes it seem like schroeder's probably on his way out yeah i agree
1: i i think jeremy lynn has had his three weeks what five five years ago
0: right how far yeah
1: so uh, it's a good move by Brooklyn. They're clearing out cap space. Um, this with Jeremy Lynn off the board, it could free up about 70 million. If they also deal out Alan Crabb uh, over the next year, that'll probably open up their cap to somewhere around 80, uh, maybe 84. That's pretty good going into the summer of 2019 when he got a lot of big names on the board in free agency.
0: Yeah, that's definitely great, especially for uh, a team that's willing to spend money, too.
1: And a team that I think knows that with uh, LeBron gone in the East, um, you know, Boston probably has the lock on this season. But after that, it's kind of fair game, Um, especially if Kyrie ends up jumping ship.
0: I think they're trying to contend with the Knicks for maybe – this New York undercurrent that's kind of going on a little bit. They also have finally have their picks again, which is nice.
1: <laughs> After like five years.
0: <laughs> so speaking of having their picks again, Jabari is also having his his field day, and he is coming home like no other NBA superstar to Chicago. So the famous Milwaukee Buck uh, obviously tore his ACL in that first season. Uh, he was looking really great before then. Still is kind of recovering, I think, a little bit from just some persistent lower body injuries. However, um he's he's never got the greatest utilization under Jason Kidd's coaching and whatever playoff experience they had this year. So and Chicago really needed a probably a productive small forward, I guess. They I think they just lost Grant too recently, so Pills a void. It Gets Milwaukee some cap space.
1: Is it weird that the Bulls are now relying on Jabari and Zach Levine, who I, bet- I think between the two of them have had three ACL injuries?
0: Yeah, that's a little hard pill to swallow. But... And they're splashing money
1: at the both of them.
0: Uh, there's some pretty big deals. Very much a potential bust situation going on here.
1: Like, have the Bulls not learned from Derrick Rose?
0: Well, the the uh, the only upside is, is they're shorter-term deals. The Zach Levine one's a little bit long. Uh, however, I think if either of those pan out, they'll probably stay. So the high-risk, potentially high-reward deals going on here by Chicago. Also, they're all really young. Let's not get that out of the question. Like, the oldest guy is, like, 24
1: yeah, I mean, it also puts them in good line if they ever need to do some kind of trade asset uh, kind of thing, kind of like what Orlando has done with Aaron Gordon, where you sign them to a pretty good deal, so that way if you do need to make a trade down the line, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty good deal shop.
0: hmm So in, in additional Power Forward news, the Cavs superstar Channing Frye, who got de- dealt to the Lakers as part of the... Mid-season mix-up over in the Cavalier territory is now going back to the Cavs for a 1-year, 2.4 million dollar deal. He will carry that team to a championship uh, once Kevin Love gets out of the door.
1: <laughs> uh man, what, a, what you know they got to fill that Jeff Green spot somehow.
0: Channing Fry, man. What what a character. I'll tell you that. He kind of wasted away like half of his career on like weird Orlando and Phoenix teams that didn't know how to play him. And then he plays with LeBron and he's like sets records for three point shooting.
1: Does this mean uh, Richard Jefferson is coming out of retirement?
0: Let's get Richard Jefferson back. Let's get Mike Miller back. You know what? Let's throw Ray Allen in there. We'll just have (laughs) all the old LeBron goonies on one team,
1: Jason (laughs) Capoto.
0: Oh, my gosh. Tanking for, like, the 10th spot in the East. <laughs>
1: uh, so, I guess last, um, Lavar Ball's Junior Basketball League. Start, starting out pretty well, right, with all the, uh, the ballers?
0: The big ballers.
1: The actual summer league?
0: I haven't watched any of this. I'm going to need a little bit of a is this just like oh, an alternative it's... proam type thing or what's going on here?
1: Uh essentially because his kids can't really go to division 1 schools, he is basically offered an alternative uh which is essentially kind of like a it's kind of similar to the G League where you can just go straight from high school to uh pay to play and hopefully you get some development and then you know go upward into like actual NBA. Uh, but really, it's because his son, Le'Angelo has no shot at the NBA. Lamelo maybe an outside shot. Um, but they did post some crazy numbers, 53-10-10 versus 29-19-17. Oh, boy.
0: What, what, what is this competition level? Are they getting people out of high school or like D3 college? Or what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I would suspect Big 3 basketball is probably more competitive right now.
0: You know, I have been watching some of that, some of the highlights, because uh, somehow they put Nate Robinson and Amari Stoudemire on the same team, and it had yes. some Knicks flashbacks there.
1: Yeah, but Amari, Amari's out, right? He got injured.
0: Yeah, he did. But then we're on then our test. We got ejected for punching a ball <laughs> in the stands <laughs> yesterday.
1: I know, I love it. I love it so much.
0: Like, this is like every, <laughs> like, it's like going down memory lane of the NBA. It's like all right kids here's what it used to be like that used to be my guy
1: and charles oakley has been arrested who's uh the coach for uh i think three-headed monsters
0: oh so that'll be kind of
1: interesting that's like a nice little (laughs) wrinkle in the season
0: wow Uh, this is this is getting amazing i need like a i need (laughs) a big three like uh drama feed on twitter or something or just oh be awesome
1: well speaking of big three let's uh jump into the mailbag uh question number one penny hardaway derrick rose and jabari parker is is that jabari parker's uh future outlook
0: i okay so when i was looking at jabari parker from his times in college and even that last year of high school i was like all right this guy looks like a carmel anthony type to me Oh, similar young mellow game kind of dance around the three-point line can do a lot of mid-range can do a lot of um you know mid post drive and spin type deal uh but these acl injuries have really hampered his athleticism in my book he just kind of maybe it's a maybe it's part of the whatever was going on in the Milwaukee system, but he, he looked like he was very kind of lost out there. Sometimes if, it, it kind of felt a lot like Wiggins to me, where it's just like, he looks out of place almost, but I I'm not sold on Jabari. I, I was on the Jabari train that first year he was in and then he got injured and I've been off the Jabari train ever since. I'm sorry.
1: Should uh, Kevin Durant get off social media? And stop arguing with seventeen year
0: olds. So this is a story, right? So so Kevin Durant, <laughs> the the burner account aficionado from last year, uh the Snake King himself, a cupcake in the flesh, got burned by a seventeen year old on social media about a week ago. <laughs> and this raises a great question should KD get off social media or should he stop maybe uh, interacting with, you know, nobodies. And I don't think you should. I think it's awesome. I love seeing personality behind these figures that we kind of hold up to such a high standard, you know, because think about, like, every actor or superstar or political figure on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you always just see, like, promotional pieces and, like, the same old, same old, like... Can sponsor phrases and stuff, but I love seeing like just those glimpses into what they're thinking. And you know, not everything has to go right. I think that's the beauty of social media these days is we don't have to see everybody at their best all the time. So why not keep it that way?
1: I disagree. I wish he was good. Like, um, I wish he. I wish he was witty. Then it's like then it's a good move for him on social media. If he was like an Embiid where it's like, ah, this is just fun, or, you know, a guy who I always wanted to see on social media was someone like Kobe, because I would just imagine that Kobe would be so pissed off that, like, either we get the most incredible angry tweets or we'd get, like, the most sarcastic stuff we've ever seen. But Kevin Durant, it it just seems so defensive, you know, kind of very revisionist towards his own legacy, and... He's not really making it work.
0: That's a good point. I don't know if you saw the thing uh, the other day. It was like uh, Michael Jordan got interviewed or something about playing against today's stars, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd beat you know LeBron. I'd beat him. I'd beat you know Westbrook and all that stuff." But I think Kobe, you know, he stole all of my moves. I don't know if I could beat him. I was like, that is the secretest like. <laughs> Ultimate diss and ultimate compliment to yourself at the same time. I was like, the only guy that could beat you is like a clone of yourself. Holy smacks. Basically.
1: <laughs> and then I guess the uh discount clone would be Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi but... is kind of the closest thing to Kobe that we have.
0: Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's really the closest thing to Kobe. I think I think DeRozan's a little bit closer.
1: For scoring, but not in the perimeter defense. Kobe was a really good defensive wing.
0: I don't know. People are saying Devin Booker's Kobe 2.0. Oh, no, I completely disagree with that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I also disagree with that.
1: Booker is more like a Monte Ellis kind of type.
0: Monte Ellis or maybe like... uh... No, that's a pretty good type. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right, another question: Who's going to have a better comeback year, Kristaps Porzingis or Zach Levine?
0: So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Zach Levine on this, and here's why: He has had a little bit more time to rehab his injury. He has just been offered a huge contract that he's accepted with the Bulls. I think he'll sort of play up to his pay sort of deal. He's got another guy kind of gunning for his spot on that team. So Chris Dunn's almost his his backseat driver a little bit, kind of whipping him in the back if he falls behind or anything like that. He also is definitely in an offensive-minded system with the Chicago sort of new Jimmy Butler-less style. And he's a dunk contest kind of guy. Like, you know he's going to have some amazing highlights. He's probably going to put up like a 40 and 15 game. Um, It's just sort of the athleticism that people love to see.
1: Yeah, I don't know if uh, KP comes back before December. And if the Knicks get off to a rough start, I think they should just try to tank but i don't think they know how to tank well so it'll kind of be this um you know 10 you know 9 10 11 12 kind of spot in the east where they're not the worst but they're definitely not within playoff contention um whereas i think zach levine and the bulls with the jabari you know you got a little bit of a mix i think hoiberg is going to have a little bit of pressure to try and get this team going a little bit and at least show some promise. Um, So they might have a decent run. So I think kind of what you're saying, like it might just gel a little bit better in terms of a situation for Zach Levine to be successful. Um, Speaking of the Knicks, uh, we have a mailbag question from James Dolan asking, what do I have to do to make people like me again?
0: All right, James Dolan. So we're going we're gonna to break this down for you. One easy phrase here, and that is retire. And sell the team. <laughs> so there's a lot of new multi-billionaire, millionaire type people around that would love to be one of the head people behind the mecca of basketball and sort of recaptain the ship that you have steered into a plethora of sea monsters and whirlpools and waterfalls and all this other, you know, treacherous waters that you've thrown at this franchise. And that person... Any, anybody will... you
1: have in mind for uh, being the next Nick's owner?
0: Oh yeah, Absolutely. The next Knicks owner is going to be LeBron James now hear me out here in four years time the Knicks will somehow lose Porzingis okay when they do James Dolan will be a hundred percent out because not only did that draft go poorly at the beginning but it also has never amounted to much in terms of franchise success and at this point, LeBron will have had some great success with the Lakers, I lived in L.A. a good amount of time. He'll probably be tired of the climate. And the Knicks will be in lottery position, and his son will be about to join the NBA. And no other team will have LeBron join, get the first pick, and pick the son other than the New York Knicks.
1: I disagree. I think... The contender for the Knicks ownership should be Jeff Bezos. I, I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to go with there, but it sure, nope,
1: just I, I think Jeff Bezos makes perfect sense. Just write right, right. A ship, you know, it'll, it's kind of one of those where it either works out really well, or we actually have a worse franchise
0: than on, Under Dolan. On. You can't have a worse franchise than Under Dolan.
1: Uh Phoenix. Orlando.
0: So it's Orlando is at three
1: number one picks in the last like, 25 years, and they've blown them all.
0: Yeah. No, the <laughs> worry, they're gonna, gonna they're about to get a revolving off. door here in in a, in a year or two. It's just going to be like, I knew... A new guy every year
1: uh so opposite side of the country this uh question comes to us from the legion of gloom when will seattle get a franchise back
0: i'm not convinced this could be sooner rather than later i've been hearing some undercurrent about sure golden state has done everything the right way But they don't want this kind of perfect storm to happen again. And the best way to prevent that to happen again is to have more teams in the NBA. (laughs) So easily enough, you could, when, when Westbrook and Paul George leave OKC, which is going to happen at some point, and they never get another superstar player because nobody wants to live in OKC, That team will easily lose all the money of its franchise and have to move back to Seattle, which got a new arena here, uh, I think, middle of last year. And then they will add another team to the East somehow to balance it out, which I would expect to be potentially like Memphis or maybe Minnesota or New Orleans or something like that. So instead of really adding two teams, they add one team and then move a Western team over to the East.
1: I think they add two teams. So we'll have 32. Um, I think they'll move Memphis and New Orleans over to the East. So that opens up two West spots. Uh, One will be Seattle. The other will be Las Vegas. Uh, I think the hockey Golden Knights team... Gave us a good show, and if the Oakland Raiders also go to Vegas we'll have two uh, major sports franchises there, if people care enough you know with with how summer league is going i I think Vegas could host an nBA team here in the future, so I think we could have Seattle and vegas
0: that's not that 's actually a pretty good idea, considering the sports betting is now legal. Vegas, guess of course is a hot spot for that <laughs> and summer yeah. league too i mean heck with how big summer league's getting I might as well just build an arena for it I might as well just have an nba team there
1: uh next question on the table from disgruntled floridian which team should i bandwagon this season
0: so this is probably something we'll get a little more in depth into when we Really look at our team previews here in the coming weeks. However, if I was going to bandwagon some teams right now, not not bandwagon in the popular way, but bandwagon in a unique way that people can respect you for, uh, I would respectfully bandwagon Dallas and Denver. And and we've talked about Dallas. You know they've got our boy DSJ and Luca and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, potentially another free agent here in the midseason we've talked about Denver they've got Paul Millsap back they now have IT4 you know fringe playoff team you can also just bandwagon Golden State if you don't care about having any self-respect you can also be one of the guys that's now a Lakers fan as everybody has (laughs) done so basically everywhere I think that Lakers team is going to be overrated by the sort of general public and underrated by, uh, wait, I got this flipped. Overrated by the sports experts and underrated by the general public. So it'll probably be better than the noobs expect and worse than the pros expect. I I don't know. It, it could really go anywhere, but you've got LeBron and you're in, you know, you're not the Clippers anymore because the Clippers are now a mediocre team. Uh but basically it breaks out this way. If you want to bandwagon like three teams, you can bandwagon Golden State, Lakers, Boston, and the Sixers. Those are those are solid bandwagons. And the 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 Dark Horse bandwagons is Denver and Dallas. And maybe Indiana.
1: Uh I've got one more for disgruntled Floridian. Uh, if he wants to sound semi-intelligent to his NBA groupmates, I would say Utah. Uh, if he wants to really pretend that he's been a believer all the time, he should actually consider himself a believer. I think under Justin Bieber, um, which basically means Toronto.
0: And and here's the important thing: is you know when you're a bandwagon fan, you've got to buy a jersey and preferably wear it with like a white t-shirt underneath because you're probably not going to have any athletic figure to show off, so you want to cover that up.
1: Right, and you need the Yeezys.
0: Absolutely. So if you're with these teams we've suggested, what, whose player jersey do you buy on each team?
1: Um, Toronto, it's got to be a Fred Van Vliet. Utah, it has to be a Rudy Gobert. Because then that implies that you are worldly. You are a cosmopolitan kind of guy. Um, you're a guy who enjoys craft beer. Um,
0: you're also a guy that was a bandwagon fan before they got Donovan Mitchell, which is important to, to show that loyalty.
1: Yes, yes, I, I do agree. Um, so Denver, I think it would be... IT4, you know, let's just go ahead and be, like, a journeyman kind of kind of guy. Like, I've always believed that this guy would be the next coming of the NBA, you know, ultimate small ball believer. Dallas, it would have to be Harrison Barnes if you really wanted to sell it. Uh, and you said Indiana, Miles Turner.
0: So I would agree with all those, but you could also pick – if you're one of those guys that's always looking for a budget, even though you're buying an NBA jersey anyway, so the price doesn't matter, you can get Wilson Chandler Denver shirts for pretty cheap right now.
1: Jabari uh, Bulls?
0: Uh, you can't bandwagon the Bulls. You're kind <laughs> not of a, yet. Uh, you're a Bulls fan or you're not. And, All right,
1: they're like one season away? Uh... If the Bulls are good this year, next year we're going to start seeing some some MJ 23 jerseys come out, right? Maybe. If the Bulls, if the Bulls make a six seed, we're going to start seeing some, uh, MJ 23s, MJ 45s, D Rose
0: ones. If the Bulls made the playoffs, I would <laughs> like, if they were like a seventh seed, I would be so impressed. I'd be like, man, maybe Fred Hoiberg's actually a good coach. <laughs> um,
1: Let's see, what else do we have on the uh, docket? Oh, okay. Uh, This one, kind of interesting. Uh, Should older players, um, those who basically played in the NBA, uh, let's say before the year 2000, uh, should those older players stop complaining about the construction of modern-day quote-unquote super teams and buddy ball? guys like chuck have been very critical of uh you know free agency you know the the empowerment of players to dictate their own team construction basically
0: i think they're critical because they're envious so i think if these guys had had the amount of great liberty and and mobility that players these days have i think they probably would have done the same thing back then Uh, just in a much different fashion because let's take a look at Charles for example I mean you know the Phoenix years the Philadelphia years he was on the Rockets for a year or two he did some ring chasing a little bit like I'm sure he wasn't like the best guy in the league when he was ring chasing but you can't say that isn't you know close to a modern super team I think you know let's look at some of the the trades that fell through. I mean, you've got the whole like Tracy McGrady and uh, was oh, it Chris Paul Tim... Lakers? Yeah, or like Chris Paul Lakers, or uh, what was it like Tim Duncan to Orlando thing that was like a rumor? Oh, to yes. happened
1: that could have been in the mix. Uh, Kobe in Detroit could have been a thing.
0: Like, I, I mean, these guys, these guys complain about it, but i think they're complaining because they not that they're like spiteful and wish it would have happened to them but maybe they're like oh man you know i had fun playing with these guys at the all-star game you know imagine how it would be to play a regular season with these guys you know imagine how good we would do and like you know i'd get like 40 and 20 every night or something like that you know and then you've got other guys back then that like you know only guy on their team, type deal, you know. Hakeem Rockets. I mean, geez, you don't hear him complaining about it too much.
1: Well, uh, I mean, once I mean he had a decent squad though. When they actually won the championships, they had Clyde Drexler. By the time uh, he started winning those championships, I, I think the the most interesting thing about this question though is um, the kind of. Tangent argument that happens with the MJ versus LeBron. You know, if, if Michael Jordan had to play against a Western Conference super team, uh, you know, of maybe Barkley, Hakeem, Gary Payton, you know, would that have started to take its toll on those Bulls' runs in the 90s? Maybe. You know, Michael Jordan never really had to face a team quite like Golden State. Um, You know, by the time Jordan was Jordan and Pippen was really coming into his own, Larry Bird was essentially on his last legs. His back was basically giving out. You know, the bad boys had basically self-imploded, which was inevitable given all those personalities on that team. The Knicks, I don't think, had Pat Riley until the mid-90s. And Miami was still sort of trying to find its way. So, you know, if the West had put together a, you know, quote-unquote super team in the mold of Golden State and taken two titles from those Bulls teams, we might be considering LeBron the best player ever.
0: The problem there, though, exists in that LeBron won two of his being a super team himself.
1: Uh, Yeah, but he also faced other super teams, right? Um, A young Thunder team, the Spurs, uh, Golden State, Boston. So, you know, it wasn't like he was the only super team around. They were probably just the best one in their title window in Miami.
0: But when we're talking about super team, you know, I, when I think of super team, I'm thinking, you know, summer of '08, where it's these three guys basically colluding to all be on the same team.
1: Yeah, and they're
0: already superstars individually. Whereas, you know, looking at the Thunder team, yeah, you know, that was three selectively good drafts in a row. And looking at, you know, the Spurs you know nobody was expecting Manu and Tony to be amazing players.
1: Uh yeah, but I mean with Golden State, you know, their last piece of the puzzle was Kevin Durant who's you know the second best player in the league right now. So
0: I agree that's a super team, but it wasn't I don't think it was a super team in 2014.
1: Um I don't know if you had Kevin Durant in 2014
0: but no, but you know, we're talking Steph, Clay, Barnes, Draymond. And then, oh, gotcha. Yes. You know, David Lee.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's that. I mean, that's a very good team, but yeah, not a super team.
0: Like once they were um, all superstars in their own right, and then they came together, that's when it's a super team, right? Like that. that's, at least that's how I think of the term.
1: Yeah, but I think LeBron had to, in some ways, form his own super team, you know, at you know, the age of 22 against the Detroit Pistons, he had scored 29 of 30 points, including 25 in a row. He still didn't make the finals. Uh, when he did make the finals, they got swept. He had a couple of years after that where he was winning MVP and they are putting up 60 and 61 wins in Cleveland and still unable to make the finals because of teams like the Boston Celtics. And so I think he realized that the only way I was going to be able to get to the finals was to construct something basically to up the ante of what Boston did. Um, And then obviously Golden State basically upped the ante of what the Miami Heat did.
0: So when does this, uh, you know, super team arms race end, you know, we see Boogie now on the Warriors. So you have a potential all-star game starting five on one team. I mean, how much further can it go
1: Uh I think it changes when we have that next kind of tr- transcendental generation player. You know, LeBron is the best player I've ever seen live. He's the second greatest player in my mind. So until we get somebody or even as like comparable as Kevin Durant, someone at that kind of level um that can really shift the you know the balance um and this might also be you know, when for the last 20 years, the Western Conference has really dominated. Um, but maybe the next guy to really shift the super team argument is also the same guy that shifts the parity argument. But we've also started to see the super team uh, concept break up a little bit with Kyrie going to Boston, Paul George declining to go to the Lakers, LeBron leaving Cleveland to go to a young Lakers team. Um if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, you know, this. these could all be the next free agency kind of move.
0: I, you know, sort of hearkening back to the question about older players, a lot of it's just different time, different place. I mean, if you look at some of those older guys, it's like, yeah, they would have been a super team too if they played under, you know, no hand checks and the offensive freedom that you have today and... All these other things, so I, I personally would rather just keep it as like a different, you know, different software update of its own. It's like, you know, changing versions of Pokemon. Sure, it's the same game, but it's just totally different. Like and you can't really make such a apples to apples comparison.
1: So speaking of which, I saw this post on Reddit uh the other day. And essentially, somebody did a what's the best team that ever won an NBA championship. Uh, They based it off the ELO ratings, and they went through uh, a ton of simulations. Um, And essentially, what they did was the last 67 NBA champions, uh, they basically put together in in a a bracket-type situation. And so, here are your quarter finalists. Um, So these would be the top eight teams that ever won an NBA championship. In no particular order right now. The 2003 San Antonio Spurs. The 91 Bulls. The 97 Bulls. The 86 Celtics. The 96 Bulls. The 84 Celtics. The 2018 Warriors. And the 72 Lakers. Uh, So obviously Jordan's on there three times, Larry Bird's on there twice, and we have this 2018 Golden State team, or 2017, if you want to go for just better individual player health. Um, Then the semifinalists were the 91 Bulls versus the 86 Boston Celtics, and the other semifinal was the 96 Bulls, versus the 2018 Golden State Warriors. So that's their final four. So you can make these kind of comparisons a little bit, um, at least in terms of a simulation. But out of those last four teams, which team do you think is uh, the best? 91 Bulls, 96 Bulls, 86 Celtics, 18 Warriors.
0: Yeah, I'm reading through this right now. Like, oh, man, you know, that 91 Bulls team, or, like, even, you know, any of those Bulls teams, they had actually played against a Larry Bird squad at full power. What do they have actually won? That's something I think people have been asking since, you know, Larry Bird's been gone is, like, you know, because there's all these, like, ebb and flows of... People getting old, people getting young, better and worse, injuries, all of those things. It's like, oh man, what if this had happened, or what if, you know, they actually played each other at full strength? You know, maybe the most best recent case of this is the first Cavs Warriors final, where it's Kyrie and Kevin Love are out. It's like, oh man, what if they played each other at full power? And then we saw that the next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, '86 Celtics. I mean, let's let's be honest here. This is this is the Probably the best Celtics team of, like, all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually the best team of all time. Um, I, you know, watched some YouTube, like, whole games of this team. And Larry Bird is insane. Like, this guy would shoot right-handed, left-handed, off-balance. Like, you know, the whole, you know, running with a floater, like... Outside shot, you know, bang it into the middle, passing. I mean, steals. I mean, Larry Bird in 86 in the 86 finals against Houston was incredible. Um, I do like the 92 Bulls. I think that's Jordan's apex as a player. Um, You know, in those late kind of Bulls runs, like 97, 98, he was basically pulling those Bulls teams along the finish line. Um, in a in a league that was a little diluted with expansion, but the 2018 or 2017 Warriors, I mean, they had a go. And I mean, looking at this uh, Reddit simulation, you know, the 2018 Warriors take on the 86 Celtics, and the Warriors go up 3-0 before losing the series uh, in seven games. I mean, that's insane. So this team that we're watching might actually be the best team to ever grace the court. Probably the best team offensively, at least, to grace the court.
0: Well, the other interesting thing to look at on this little handy chart you got here is very few of the teams are actually in the 2000s era that, that actually get far. It's like a lot of them are in that first round, and then they just cut off right away.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think if you take into account the expansion of a league in the late 80s and 90s, that dilutes a lot of that talent. Um, you know, like a team like the 86 Celtics can never be constructed or some of those showtime Lakers teams um, just because of things like the salary cap. And then early 2000s, there's a lot of really terrible offense. Um, you know, how else does a team like the 2004 Pistons win – It's, you know, it was very bogged down in in defensive matchups and slow pace. You know, in 2007, some of those uh, final games between the Spurs and the Cavs, the final scores were, like, 75 to 72. I mean, that would be, like, a halftime score.
0: (laughs) It is important to recognize, though, on this chart. Yeah, I mean, I just don't
1: think basketball... Like, it was dominated by hero ball in the, in the early 2000s. So, I mean, if you have a couple of guys come together, you can probably knock off, um, you know, guys like Allen Iverson, right? He took a, he took a 76 team to the finals. Uh, Reggie Miller took his Pacers. LeBron took his Cavs. You know, we saw a lot of this kind of hero ball play out. Dwayne Wade in 06.
0: I think Um, it's absolutely... So, So I mean, we're making the point that the 18 Warriors are potentially the second greatest team of all time.
1: Yeah, which is why I think people really criticize or like get very agitated by this, you know, in terms of they think it's like inevitable dominance just because this is like one of the best teams we've ever
0: seen. And to make that point even further is in this ranking system, the 2017 Warriors are the number one seed. So according to the the ELO rankings, they got worse over that year, and now they've added Boogie to potentially replace that, even though this 2017 Warriors team lost to the the 2003 Spurs, which is hilarious to me. Steve
1: Kerr, Steve Kerr.
0: Yeah, I guess he can't play and coach at the same time. That's another thing is how many of these teams is Steve Kerr in? Maybe he's the greatest player of all time
1: i don't know if he's the greatest player he's definitely the greatest he might be one of the greatest role players
0: oh let's uh let's let's flip back to the mailbag here so
1: all right uh let me pull out another one out of the mailbag uh all right so we got some questions uh from a resident from charlotte so we'll delve into a couple of these uh what's the outlook for tony parker and charlotte Personally, I think his floor could be, like, uh, Ewing, Patrick Ewing, on uh, the Seattle Supersonics. And his ceiling might be that Paul Pierce year where he was in Washington. And I think they won a first-round playoff series uh, with the truth.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, I would say you're about right there. I think he'll probably get pretty limited minutes throughout the year, you know, playing back up to Kemba. Not because he doesn't deserve it but just old legs you know hamstring that kind of stuff but I think he'll win you a playoff game maybe a couple of them if they you make it to we'll, the playoffs
1: yeah do you think we'll, we might see something like what Dwayne Wade did last year with Miami in the, that Philly series
0: maybe take an early seven game sort of duke them out fight and just kind of out vet people but still lose
1: yeah, I mean just have one of those vintage playoff moments. I can um, see
0: it. I definitely could see it. So so what do you think his stat line is for the year? Average? Um
1: I'm gonna go with eight, three, and three.
0: Wow. I was gonna go like ten, six and two. Oh wow. <laughs> like a seventh or an eighth man on that roster.
1: Oh, I just I have zero faith in uh the Hornets being able to make this work. Um, although they do have a new coach who I think is from the pop uh tree. So maybe we'll see some dramatic improvement. I mean I, I do have faith in Charlotte. I do think they are a playoff team next year. Um but I think it's more gonna be on Kemba and the fact that they don't have Dwight.
0: That's that's definitely definitely a good point. Now why don't we do why don't we do one more quick one and then we'll we'll save the rest for next time.
1: Uh all right. Uh last question is uh from Aurelio Bellotti, a hard in the paint viewer of the Fortnite record holder, I believe. Um he says LeBron could probably have won a few more MVPs if he hadn't coasted for most of the regular season. But that would have negatively affected his chances at winning titles. Would more regular season MVPs help LeBron's legacy just as much as more championships? So uh, which is more important for his legacy moving forward?
0: Definitely the championships. You know, people used to criticize him back in Cleveland because he wasn't winning, even though he was winning MVPs. criticized in miami for it a little bit until they won and he still gets criticized for not having enough championships so i think it's all about the rings at the end of the day you know you get memorialized on that with you with not only the ring in your hand but in every book you know every record Sure, mvps are awesome but i mean look at kevin durant i mean cool he won an mvp didn't win a championship until he bandwagoned like it's all about the rings man
1: i think lebron picks up an mvp next season uh but i would agree with you i think if he brings a title to the lakers that 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 would be amazing that would basically show that he dominated both the eastern conference and the western conference that included at least one of the top two teams we've ever seen
0: he is the vegas odds winner for winning mvp next year right now
1: i could see it um and if he does win that title against this warriors team and he takes on a boston team in the finals and he beats them i mean that that goat conversation gets real real close
0: yeah, especially if they, like, win 55-plus games, too, and end up getting, like, the second or third seed somehow.
1: Yeah, or, I mean, what if they dominate in the playoffs, you know? I mean, what if they actually get to the Western Conference Finals by only dropping two games on route? That'd be crazy.
0: Impressive. <laughs> and speaking of impressive... That will wrap up our episode for this week of our heart in the paint podcast we appreciate you all for tuning in we appreciate Sam Adams for being our sponsor for this episode Uh, next time we will of course recap any news that happened we have a couple mailbag questions we didn't get to this time we apologize for that but uh, we will don't worry we will get to them at some point And with that, everybody, uh, you can follow us on SoundClouds. Give us your comments, your emails, your feedback, your memes, whatever. We'll take them. You can always take more mailbag questions. That's always fantastic. And we'll talk to you guys next time.